John. Don Coolidge. I am here. Don Coolidge with Coolidge Injury Law. That's me. So welcome to the Legal Beagle podcast. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about injury law, and I was checking out your website. But before we do that, take me back to when you decided to go to law school and kind of what prompted that decision. You know, when you're coming up on college graduation, you're looking yourself in the mirror and you say, okay, what are you doing with your life? What are you going to do for a living? What do you want your career to look like? And you don't have an answer, which is probably pretty typical of most people. I just said to myself, well, maybe I should keep my education going and let's see what we can do uh, in terms of furthering that and perhaps open new horizons and law school ended up being the choice. Okay. I can appreciate that. So you came out of law school and you went into, it looks like on your website, you went into criminal law before you migrated over to injury law. Is that right? Yeah. I decided that probably the best way to get experience is just jump right in, get your feet wet. And typically prosecutor's offices allow you to do that. Even though you're not doing high-end murder trials, you're jumping in and doing, you know, DUI trials and a lot of other bench trial type work. And you really just get to know the system more than anything else. And it ended up being a real educational experience and a really good uh, foundation for which you could go in any direction. So how did you end up in injury law? Well, I left the prosecutor's office to do civil work. I'd never done any civil work and I wanted to see what that was like since all my background had been in prosecution and criminal. And I went to work for an insurance company and decided that I really didn't like it very much. I didn't like what the insurance company was doing to people that had legitimate claims. Some were a little bogus, but most were legitimate and most of those people deserved a fair result. But the insurance company felt like every case needed to be fought tooth and nail. And I honestly just didn't like it. They were just too cynical with everything. And after a couple of trials that didn't go the insurance company's way, um, I just got fed up with it because I said that should have settled for what I'd recommended. Instead, the jury gave the victims more money. So in a certain respect, uh, the insurance company got what they deserved. <laughs> so you worked for a larger personal injury practice before going out and becoming a solo. Is that right? Yeah, I actually worked at a boutique firm for a little while. And then I went over to a very large, uh, one of the big advertisers in town practice and came across almost every type of case there. And that was a really good ground for, uh, learning more, seeing all types of issues, seeing all types of cases. And uh, with that as a, a background, then I, work, I worked for another firm after that, more of a boutique practice again. And I decided to go on my own and learned a lot along the way. How do you like being a solo practitioner? I love it for a couple of reasons. One, I think you can devote more time to each individual case. Uh, and every client really is getting your full attention, um, regardless of uh, what the case may be like you can have a dog bite, you can have a slip and fall, you can have an auto accident. You're going to get your full attention. When you work at a large firm and you have literally hundreds of files, you just don't have enough time in the day to give individualized attention, excuse me, to every single case. And obviously not just the work side of it, but you know, it allows you flexibility to work the, the way the cases, the way you think they should be worked up, it allows you to be creative, allows you to really devote more time on issues that maybe other attorneys might say, ah, you're wasting your time on that. Well, if I think it's important for my client, then I'm going to pursue it. So you're not under anybody else's thumb to run a case a certain way. Uh, you're, you're allowed at being your uh, own boss, so to speak, 
to really run the cases how you think they should be done. What do you think is the biggest challenge uh, about being a, a solo practitioner? Well, obviously time management in any job is important, but especially with a solo practitioner, you need to focus on several things. One, you need to represent your clients effectively. You need to advocate for them uh, with a purpose. And if you're not well managed with your time, it's kind of hard to get uh, to that point where you can do that and then you can become buried very quickly. So time management is key, but also, you know, you're running a business too. You also have to make sure that you're paying all the bills to medical providers to get your clients' records in and bills in. Um, you got to manage several things at once. And while it's a challenge, I think as long as you, you're organized to keep time management um, in focus, it, it is very, very, uh, rewarding in terms of the satisfaction I get in helping people. Um, and I, it's, it's a great career. I love what I do. So you and I talk a lot about a variety of legal issues and, and we've even co-counseled on cases. You've got a really interesting approach. You don't talk like an attorney. You're, you're wickedly intelligent, but you really don't talk like your typical attorney, meaning you, you get a real person when you, when you hire Don Coolidge, is that something you developed over time or is that just you and your kind of your personality? You know, it's probably a combination of both. Uh, my personality is just be a guy, just be a person, just be a, an advocate, just, just be someone that can connect with people um, on, on different levels. Um, you know, sometimes, and you know, this as well, John, sometimes you got to play to your audience. I'll have some clients that are extremely, extremely sophisticated. And, you know, you talk maybe differently with them than we do with just what I consider to be an average guy, just like myself. Um, thank you for saying I'm wickedly intelligent, but <laughs> I like to think of as a regular guy who just have to do pretty well in school and do pretty well with the work I do. So, but uh, I think you learn in doing this for many years, um, you just really got to talk to the person the way you want to be talked to. It's, it's kind of a golden rule in a, in a certain respect. You know, if I'm trying to get a roof job done, I might not understand all the terminology and what they're talking about or get my AC repaired. I have no idea what they're talking about. So I always appreciate it when they dumb it down for me, for lack of a better term, so I can really understand what's going on. And it's not that I'm dumbing down anything for clients, but I just want to be able to talk to everybody at a level that they're comfortable with and explain things in a way that makes more common sense. Because a lot of what we do, John, and you know this, doesn't have a lot of common sense to it. There's, there's components of this that have no logic to them. Uh, thing, things that seem in, irrelevant are dead on point. You need to know them. And other things you think are very important in a case have no bearing at all. So I think it's really important in doing what we do to just be able to talk to anyone, be it another attorney, be it a judge, be it a client, uh, on a level where we're all on the same page, at least in terms of what the discussion points are. We may not always agree on them, but at least we're all on the same page. I like that. So we have a couple minutes left. I told my listeners we'd keep these podcasts to 10 minutes because I think that's probably uh, all the, the time that someone will devote to one of these. Tell me a little bit about why someone should hire an attorney. So forget you and I, but just in general, they get into an accident, they get asked this question, you get asked this question. Why, why should someone hire an attorney? The simple fact is no one is on your side except you. And your attorney, if you hire one, the insurance companies are there to save money, not spend it. They're there to make sure that if they do spend it, they spend as little as possible. And they're not looking out for your interests. Uh, at the end of the day, you need someone in your corner who understands the law, 
and who understands insurance, who understands procedural aspects of things if it ever has to go to court. Because frankly, there are so many things in personal injury that overlap, contract law, insurance law, lien law. There's so many things that go into it that even a basic case, so to speak, requires a lot of knowledge, a lot of in-depth analysis. Yeah, for sure. Do you find that you've ever been able to test that theory that you get better results because you're representing someone? I know that's a hard question to answer because you don't know what it looks like if you didn't represent them, but you've had people come to you late in the game with a settlement offer and you've had to evaluate that. Are you able to, to take cases on that, that come to you kind of late and say, Hey, let me see if I can do a little better than what, what was offered to you without representation. I would say every time I've taken on a case like that, we end up with a better outcome. And to your case in point, I don't want to take up too much more time. I remember one time my wife got into an accident. I called the insurance company. They had no idea that I did personal injury law for a living. Um, and we were going back and forth on the resolution of the case. It wasn't a very large case, but it was one that they were not paying the right amount for. At the end of our discussion, I asked the adjusters to look at my name. And she said, yes, Mr. Coolidge. I said, you don't recognize my name? She said, well, it does sound familiar. I mentioned another case where I was representing a client. I goes, oh, you're the attorney on that case. I said, yep. Her next response was regarding my wife's case. Okay, what do you want? <laughs> so that's a true story. I won't name the insurance company, but we got it resolved when she found out I was uh, an attorney for quite a bit better results. So to answer your question in a roundabout way, I think <laughs> it, it definitely makes sense to get an attorney involved. And I know, I know you're like I am, John. If you don't think an attorney can help someone with a case, I know I've told people before, hey, you don't need me and here's why, or here's why you do need me. And I tend to be very upfront uh, with potential clients in that respect. I love it. Well, we've, we've hit our 10 minute mark. I expect you to be a regular on Legal Beagle. We've already talked offline about having you and I kind of bat different legal topics back and forth. So for those that are tuning in on a regular basis, look forward to hearing more from Don Coolidge, Coolidge Injury Law. Don at CoolidgeInjuryLaw.com and his number is 480-248-3535. Thanks, Don. Thank you, John. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.